welcome to the pilot episode of the Hymnstory podcast, a podcast where we learn a little bit more about the stories behind our beloved hymns. Today we will be taking a look at the people and events behind the classic hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. In the mid to late 1800s, D.L. Moody led revivals across the United States and in the British Isles. Out of his ministry and the ministries of some of his contemporaries, a new worship genre referred to as gospel song emerged and was popularized. Some of these gospel songs are still well-known hymns today. One such hymn is It Is Well With My Soul, penned by Horatio Spafford and set to music by Philip P. Bliss. It might be tempting to think that the man who penned It Is Well With My Soul was not acquainted with true sorrow or tragedy. It may be tempting to think, easy for him to say, but he hasn't experienced the heartbreak and hardship I'm going through right now. If you were tempted to think that, you would be wrong. Mr. Spafford was well acquainted with tragedy and grief, but he found his peace and security in Jesus Christ. Horatio Spafford was a Chicago attorney and contemporary of D.L. Moody. In 1870, the Spaffords suffered the tragic loss of their four-year-old son to scarlet fever. Then, as if to add insult to injury, in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire resulted in Mr. Spafford losing a fortune in real estate investments. At this time, Mr. Spafford drowned his sorrows with work. He did what he could to help rebuild his city and help those who were left homeless by the fire. By 1873, the Spafford family had pretty well recovered financially. In November of that year, two of Mr. Spafford's friends, D.L. Moody and Ira Sankey, were hosting evangelistic meetings in England. Mr. Spafford purposed to take his family to visit Moody and Sankey and then have a family vacation. It was not to be. The day the Spafford family was scheduled to sail for England, a business emergency arose that prevented Mr. Spafford from accompanying his family. He decided to send his wife and four daughters ahead on board the Ville du Havre. He planned to follow a few days later on a different boat once his business matters had been resolved. Seven days later, on November 22, 1973, the Ville du Havre collided with the Scottish three-masted iron clipper Loch Ern. Mrs. Spafford had only enough time to get her four daughters on deck and pray with them that they might be submitted to God's will, be it either to be saved or to perish. It is reported that the ship sank in 12 minutes, taking with it the Spaffords' four daughters, Maggie, Tanetta, Annie, and Bessie. Mrs. Spafford was among the survivors. She was discovered floating in the water by a sailor from Loch Ern, who was rowing over where the Ville du Havre had sunk. Ten days later, she was landed at Cardiff, Wales, and was able to send her husband a cable. The message read simply, Saved alone, what shall I do? How would you react to this message? Would you be resolved to trust in God, or would you be tempted to ask questions like, Why me? What have I done to deserve this? Or, how could a good God allow this to happen to my family? I can't answer those questions for you, but I can say that even when our circumstances seem bad, God remains in control. Those circumstances may just be a stepping stone towards his purpose. In Genesis, Joseph was sold into slavery and then unjustly thrown into prison, only later to become Pharaoh's right-hand man, where he could be used as God's instrument to save the world from famine. Joseph didn't know what was going to happen through those less-than-desirable circumstances, but we never read about him complaining. 
Instead, he seems to have maintained his faith that God was in control through it all. So how did Mr. Spafford respond to his circumstances? His response was something like that of Job, when Job learned that his children had all died. In Job 1.21, Job states, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Having received the news, Mr. Spafford commented to a friend, I am glad to trust the Lord. He also booked passage to go join his wife in Wales. As Mr. Spafford traversed the ocean that December, the captain of the vessel pulled him aside one night and told him, I believe we are now passing over the place where the Ville du Havre went down. At some point between that moment and a meeting with D.L. Moody in Liverpool, Mr. Spafford resolved in his heart that it is well, the will of God be done. That resolve grew into the words of the now well-known hymn, It is well with my soul. It is contested as to when Mr. Spafford actually wrote the words of It is well with my soul. Some claim he wrote it while aboard the ship passing over the spot where his four daughters perished. Others say it wasn't written until a few years later. According to Ira Senke, the verses were written in 1876 while he was visiting the Spafford family in Chicago. What is agreed upon is that the words were given to Philip P. Bliss to set to a singable tune. Philip P. Bliss wrote a melody entitled Ville du Havre to accompany the words of It is well with my soul. In November 1876, three years after the Ville du Havre tragedy, Philip P. Bliss introduced It is well with my soul as a solo during a meeting at Farwell Hall in Chicago. A month later, Philip P. Bliss and his wife were killed in a tragic train accident. A song surrounded by such tragedy can bring comfort to those who hear it and truly listen to the words. For we can know that if our trust is in God, even when tragedy strikes, we can say, it is well, it is well with my soul.